So I think that the implications spill over, even though we may not be able to point directly to the oh, cause and effect right there. Uh, it still has implications, and it could, it could, uh, I, I believe it could lead to war. First Evergrande, now Country Gardens. Will China's real estate meltdown cause a war? Dun, dun, dun. I know. It's sad to think, but it, if you're really willing to look, I think sometimes that's it could absolutely happen. Okay, well, let's peel it back. What's going on, guys? So Evergrande, which has been going on since 2021, is one of the largest developers in the entire world. And they basically defaulted in 2021, and it started this economic collapse down in, in China. And now there's a new company that uh, is massive development that's kind of been having problems too, a uh, company, uh, Country Garden. Okay. Are they the ones that are, that are like building these like communities that are like totally empty? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, just, yeah. they're just like empty. Like the Skyrise. Tens like, of thousands of houses. Yeah, they're sky, Skyrise apartment buildings. And like three people walking around. Yeah, they were originally trying to build them for the future, and then it just didn't happen. <laughs> the future didn't happen. It <laughs> ghost cities. <laughs> Which is insane. Like, could you imagine if you were one of the ones cruising around in there? I watched a documentary on it yeah. many, many years ago, and it was wild. All these they massive not? apartment complexes, yeah. massive high-rise, and just nothing. Right. Well, and they were supposed to be, like, totally sufficient, because I think I saw some of the same... That, the, the, the same uh, documentary on them where like they're totally like almost self-sufficient kind of thing like you know their own grocery stores fast food restaurant like all of that like you know within that right like an entire ecosystem in, inside of a building so like me, a smart city that one that i think the neighborhood yeah, that had these big mansions yeah they were but they're the the exteriors were all beautiful and then you go inside of them they're just like nothing hollowed out and really? no no roads no infrastructure it's just like these yeah. mansions one after the other after the other and it's insane and what we know is now there are billions hundreds of billions of dollars in debt that's been defaulted and what is going to happen as a result of all of this economic distress well and i think it we we need to point out that you know country garden just what was it a week two weeks ago defaulted on a 200 billion dollar payment now we were putting that in perspective and is some this of like, them is this a spinoff of countrywide <laughs> <laughs> country garden, country garden. <laughs> we're dating ourselves Jay. i mean it sounds like a lot of money and it is a lot of oh money my gosh but what we're seeing is just an insane amount of money being just squandered all throughout the world hmm. Well, and I think that, again, not to go like too micro on it, but I think if you look at some of the development costs that they were touting on that of like what the per unit costs were, I, I guarantee that the amount of bloat in that, especially because of the, the technology infrastructure and everything else that was supposed to go on them, I guarantee the unit cost was probably, you know, super high. And so now that they're behind and they're running out of cash and they don't have the money to finish off the builds presents a massive problem. But again, how, how do you fix that? Like, that's the, that's the problem, right? This is the, and that's what this, you know, uh, to me is, is I did, you know, simple looking into it. Evergrande obviously was the first domino. And so now that the dominoes are starting to fall, how do you, how do you stop it? Right. That's what I think China's trying to figure out. And, you know, all of the other countries that are, that are in there, not to mention so many, so many mom and pops have invested in these companies. Mm -hmm. So who are the real losers? The mom and pops. The people. Yeah people like who 
in America? Are, are so Americans have, have uh, invested in Chinese Evergrande? I haven't heard much of that, no, garden? no. But I think, well, we look, look at who's the largest buyer of U.S. bonds, China. China. And, w- you know, they're not buying right now. Right. <laughs> Why? And that's causing a lot of economic distress here in the U.S. So it's all correlated, it all inter- interlocks and works together. It's like a complicated watch, you know, and one dial turns another. And so I think that the implications spill over, even though we may not be able to point directly to the oh, cause and effect right there. Uh, it still has implications. And it could, it could uh, I, I believe it could lead to war. Why do we think that? Well, the mom and pop's really pissed. Well, I also <laughs> think that, so to Kayla's point, right, like, and not to go to, I don't want to say conspiracy, but at the end of the day, we've turned into pretty much a one world economy, right? Like, and I think a lot of times, yes, I'm not talking about local commerce, and yes, you can affect your state, you can affect your city, all those types of things, but I'm talking about that true 1%, you know, two. Five percent of of money that gets exchanged between the different countries and you know et cetera the trillions of dollars, and when there's a disruption in that, one of the ways that they've solved it, if you look back on history, is absolutely war because it's it's caused metal booms, uh, just in just in general certain sectors of the industry to to boom, and because because of the demand of it and it causes the flow of money and certain things to happen and even though it comes with a lot of headache and, and heartache of you know and lost lives that war brings but sometimes i think that countries get pissed off at each other and in the <laughs> yeah in, in economic turmoil and all of a sudden it's like it's almost like a husband and a wife right a marriage is great everything's fine all of a sudden you know for whatever reason finances hit the skids and now all of a sudden they hate each other mm. this is like um country country marriage. but we don't want to be married to china unfortunately <laughs> and too bad we we kind of sold that our souls to that several years ago taking hmm. bailouts during i mean shoot taking bailouts during covid right uh, from, from china I think that you look at what's kind of happening in the world right now and things are definitely unstable and we've got the the war in Israel and Palestine and now you have you know of course Ukraine and Russia has been ongoing and it's it's really interesting to see what's happening at play but how does that impact everyday uh, you know Americans that are here well if you are <coughs> considering buying a home right now you're staring down a almost eight handle interest rate and what we know is is that's causing uh, a real slowdown in real estate sales. We're predicted to have one of the lowest transaction count years that we've had in decades. Uh, home scary. Af- exactly. I mean, home affordability is at an all-time low. And there are just a lot of conditions brewing that I think cause a lot of civil unrest as well among the among American people. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. It is interesting, and I mean, I, I know we've talked about this before, and I mean, I'll, I'll just say it now because it's it's real. I mean, all the stuff that I think continues to go on uh, here locally with with Trump and all of the differences that, that are going on there, and if they indict him and certain things there, I could see 
Civil War. Even, They've already even, indicted even, him. Well, that, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I meant <laughs> a few times, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, if memory uh, serves me. Times. If he gets, um, if he's found guilty and ends up going to jail, and I mean, in that, and I'm only using that as one point of just further driving down the the, the divide in the country of, yeah. of, of what's going on. Oh, That's yeah, what they I'm try to throw him too. in jail. I think I think there'll definitely be a civil war. Yep. Mm. There's, there's a lot of guys out there with. You know, their AK-47s aren't going to let that happen. Well, and they just, they, they don't agree with, and, and I'll keep it super PC here from, from my end, but they, they obviously don't agree with what's going on, and, they're, and they're, I feel like they're ready to, to cause a, a, a real disruption if something like that happens. Hmm. We all better say our prayers and send I out know. our good vibes because, I like, things are interesting right kids. now. <laughs> yeah, we, me too, man, me too. <laughs> All of us, we've had a little bit of we've had a little bit of life, but I mean, yeah, a- absolutely. I, I I'm not gonna lie, for me personally, and I do think about you know my my youngest and, and all the kids, right? For me, ranging from uh, one year old to to 18 years old, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of life to be had, and when you're really staring down the barrel of looking at something different than what we knew, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's scary. Well, if you are one of the 70% of our listeners that are not subscribed to our channel, I'm going to just invite you to subscribe to the Zudelio channel right now. It would really help us out. We're trying to reach 500 subscribers by the end of October. So if you're listening, please subscribe, like, comment, and ring that notification bell so you get updated of our new episodes. Yeah. So uh, was it yesterday or the day before the National Association of Realtors uh, Buyer Commission lawsuit started? Well, uh, courts aren't open on Sunday, so. Oh, yeah. What, what is today? <laughs> it was yesterday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was yesterday. My, yesterday. Uh, in a U.S. district court out of Kansas City, Missouri, the trial Sitzer Burnett versus NAR started. And we all know how that came to be in October of, no, sorry, November of 2017. Joshua Sitzer listed his home with a Keller Williams agent. And he sold it. And during that process, he had to reduce his sales price by $10,000 in order to make the sale uh, happen. Maybe there was an appraisal gap. Who knows? Uh, during that process, he asked his agent, he said, why can't we go back to the buyer's agent and see if they'll reduce their commission. Hmm. And his agent shared with him that we can't do that. We can't uh, negotiate the buyer broker commission now because that's set with a different contract and it's part of the MLS buyer broker participation rule. So a couple years later, he decides to sue NAR and all of the other corporate defendants. And you want to know the interesting thing? He is no longer a part of the lawsuit. Whoa. Yes, Joshua Sitzer and uh, his partner, Amy, they withdrew from the lawsuit. So they're wow. no longer a part of it, which you I, know why? I don't know why. I found, I found that to Early be settlement. interesting. Uh, however... That would have been public if they settled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was no settlement. He just withdrew from the suit. Interesting. One, I know. One of the other interesting components I heard yesterday is that the trial started, and they had such a hard time during jury selection. So many jurors were disqualified mm. because they actually could be part of the class. Oh, wow. They had sold a home. Yeah. yeah and so, so they I, have been biased. Exactly. Yeah. So I found that to be really interesting. And, yeah, so opening statements begin today. I read through the briefings. It's really interesting. Of course, you have uh, the plaintiffs alleging that there's long-standing conspiracy, and then you have the defendant saying that, no, the system actually helps promote and mm-hmm. protect homeownership, mm-hmm. and it helps buyers, and it's just 
wild. Uh, an, an analyst came out and said that if the plaintiffs prevail in these lawsuits, that we could lose a million realtors. Wow. Well, how many of realtors? That would be there? interesting. 1.5. 1. 1. Yeah. So that means like two thirds of the realtors will be gone? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> Is it? I don't know if that's cool or not. I, mean, I don't think that's it's cool. cool for the ones that are that work and they can, they that can are, fight through it. That are yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't see not if, being able to uh, sell real estate. I, well, no, no. If you, I mean, I guess if you're only following, you know, you're only working with buyers, then yeah, I guess. So it was a couple podcasts ago, or maybe it was last podcast, excuse me, where we were talking <coughs> about that, you know, if this was to really attack <coughs> the indie, or, you know, after they take out the big boys and they attack the indies. And then you have um, real estate agent, or excuse me, attorneys that take over basically real estate practices, real estate representation for the consumer. What would that potentially look like? And I mean, it could shake it up, right? Where all contracts, all negotiations are handled by attorneys. First of all, it would drive the costs up more than likely. Um, but again, to your point, uh, or what you brought up, Attorneys are certainly not going to be going and opening lock boxes and you know those types of things. So now I don't make the mental leap from an agent to an attorney. I don't know why you do. I don't because yeah, the Constitution, like for instance in Arizona, the Constitution gives real estate agents the right mm -hmm. to uh, write contracts on behalf of buyers and sellers, and that wouldn't be stripped. That's not an association given yeah. right. That's a state constitution right. So I'm not sure why we would automatically leap to attorneys. Well, uh, a couple reasons no, I was why thinking, buyers agents aren't going to be able to get paid. And that, and why why do a lot of uh, agents or why do a lot of people say, hey, I want to go get a real estate license? They they get the real estate license so they can go buy their own house and not have to or can get a commission out of it. Or um, my mom wants to buy a house, so I want to get my license so I can get the commission, right? Uh, I, we've I've literally seen that happen. Yeah, they did no other transactions. <laughs> no other transactions, but, <laughs> like, but they okay. but they sold their mom a house, a new build, yes. and they got their three percent. Yes, and you know it cost, out. maybe it cost them you know a couple thousand dollars to get their license, and they made you know fifteen grand, so it's like a positive yeah, net, net profit. Of 30, Thirteen thousand. So it's like opportunists. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then maybe maybe my brother will buy one too, so you know he can make thirty forty thousand. That's, I think, so but, many people jump in the game that but way. But if that isn't there, they're not going to go do it, right? Mm. But I, I guess there's a lot of people that say, hey, I'm gonna, I want to sell my own house, too. Absolutely. Um, but there's a lot more to it than just... But a lot of people see that as just putting it on the MLS, right? Which is why you saw so many of those flat fee brokers, you know, kind of explode. And, and oh, I mean, shoot, that's been a trend for probably a decade. So, I mean, that kind of solves that problem of it. You know, now it's syndicating with Zillow or, well, Zillow is a part of, uh, uh, you know, n now being a, a, an actual brokerage, right? They're required to syndicate. Um, but, I mean, obviously, you're talking about Realtor.com, um, also Redfin, right? Those three sites, I mean, the amount of traffic that those three sites get is north of probably 500 million per, you know, visits per, per a month. So... I mean, that's just a guess, but so what happens if they don't have a local MLS feed of all the listings? <laughs> then, then they're going to have to figure out the, the upload process themselves. But how are they going to get the data? <laughs> are they going to go individually to brokers and say, "Hey, share your listings with us"? <laughs> I mean, there's th yeah. th some real challenges mm -hmm. to you know. We talk about eradicating the MLS, but uh, if you're working with oh, yeah buyers or sellers, there's a benefit to having that Absolutely. centralized hub of data. We're going to go back to the book. 
<laughs> That's exactly my Get thought. Get the book. Just Who's going to publish saying. it? Except it'll be digital this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's book. national MLSs. I, I know Rob Hahn, he, he's created an auction and national MLS site. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very <laughs> bullish on this happening. I, I, f- I mean, think about it. So that analyst, that predict, and of course, right, a prediction is just a prediction. Right. Mm-hmm. Did, they, did they give somewhat of a timeline? Because obviously a, a million agents wouldn't just disappear. Right Correct. Away. It'd probably take oh, like yeah. years. Right. Yeah. It would take a bit. Mm-hmm. But if that happened, I mean, having a national MLS would make so much sense at that point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can see five, 600,000 drop off if, they, if all of a sudden the sellers were unable, not like, they were. It was against the law for a seller to pay a commission to the buyer's agent. Well, the interesting thing is the Merle versus NAR suit, which is the second suit that's set for trial next year, they actually have an injunction against the practice. So if that suit prevails, it would be illegal because it, there's an actual injunction against the seller paying. So as a seller, I would not <coughs> be able to offer a buyer's agent a commission. Correct. It would be illegal for me to give them money to sell my house. Correct. Yeah, that would be a that would be a massive blow to to buyers agents across Absolutely. the country. That's crazy. Because and it. a blow to the to homeownership because think about all new home home oh. buyers home buyers that don't have any money they're trying to do FHA yep. loan they yep. don't have an extra three two three percent to pay an agent yep. and guess what's going to happen they're not going to do it they're going to go directly to the the to the listing agent or it would put massive yep. pressure on it and maybe turn it to like a flat fee but I mean at the same time you're, you're talking about sacrificing services too so like if it was Five ninety nine to write a contract, five ninety nine to open doors, right? Like all of these types of things that you could start compartmentalizing it, where it's just now a structured fee setup, right? And to your point, Jay, to like a, a homeowner that's struggling to get that three and a half percent, now they got to come up with a two, three extra grand that may push them out another three months, another six months. Now that slows the transaction counts. That's it actually hurts the seller because there's less buyers in the market. Yep, and it's gonna and it's gonna drive drive prices down. Yep. And who gets the benefit of this commission? I call it artificial inflation of real estate prices because I think it's baked in. Who gets the benefit of that? The seller? So maybe really what this is, is this is a ploy to um, bring prices down so we can have more Mm. um, affordability, Mm -hmm. ownership affordability. Because if buyers aren't in the market, sellers aren't selling, prices will come down more people will be able to afford a home. I think wow, I could this, get... That's pra- that must be BlackRock's master plan. That's yeah. <laughs> you're going to pull, pull it off and gobble up all the houses. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's Wait. true, though. Yeah. There is I'm not... There's, there's a lot of that. conspiracies around that. Mm-hmm. Not, not of um, this specifically what we're talking about, but about BlackRock wanting to how literally bring, buy up like 70% of all properties. How do you bring properties. prices down? You bring prices down by... <clears throat> not allowing buyers to buy. Well, and one of the biggest, like when you look at it, like a, again, a world economy, one of the biggest separators between uh, America versus all the other countries is that they own their, their their house, right? So like in Turkey and Japan and places like that, where ownership is not as prevalent, they, they rent. And so now I think you, to Keith's point, your point, Jay, you can kind of keep the population more enslaved when, when they're renting versus owning. Yep. Hmm. Just curious, how'd you come up with turkey? I know. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, the reason why I remembered that is because I, I had a developer that did some things uh-huh. for us years ago, and, and we, we would talk about prices, and he used to share with me how inflated the rents are. Gotcha. I thought homeownership was... Istanbul. You remember him? 
no, not a little bit. Was, I forget, I'm trying to remember his name right <coughs> now. Istanbul? Uh, yeah, Istanbul. Oh. Yeah, actually, I mean, homeownership rates in Japan and Turkey really aren't that low comparatively to the U.S. So Japan in 2021 had <coughs> a homeownership rate of 55%. Turkey had a homeownership rate of 57.5%. You compare that to our homeownership rate, which I think is around like 63%. It's not that much lower. Mm. What the stark difference is, because I actually I read this really fascinating article about Japan and homeownership, and the, the difference is, is that homeownership in other countries is way more affordable, but you don't see appreciation like you do in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so you can like own a home in Japan and it essentially stays, it's worth like the same thing, like for years and years and years and years. Right. Does it, you don't have the wealth build. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard that too. Which is that artificial as well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are like, we're like kind of deep in, in uh, some shrouded territory we're, today. We're, we're, we're witch brewing right yeah, now. Yeah, no, right? It is October. So we got to get yeah. to the deal of the week, right? <laughs> yes. Oh. Deal of the week. The deal of the week. You know, that's always tough to come up with one because there's so many deals and there's so many, they're all unique in their own way. But one that really stuck out to me because of what's being offered in this particular situation, it's actually a property located in, in Portland, Portland, Oregon. Now, of course, sometimes these circumstances aren't always the fun, the funnest, but it happened to be a, you know, a separation situation and it was an an investment property uh, for a husband and wife and they decided to sell. Now, the unfortunate circumstance of this property, it is a dump. It is in such <laughs> disrepair. It would if if you saw the photos, it would be it's it's very unfortunate that somebody was living in the property and in, in the condition that it is. But unfortunately, we all know being in the industry, it's actually unfortunately not that uncommon. Some people living in pretty wild situations. So here's why I chose this deal. Because one, it got them out of their circumstance that they just needed to, you know, whatever that looked like from a personal perspective. Now that's done. They've been able to walk away and we are now going to come in and improve the property. All new exterior, all new interior. I mean, I'm talking the works. New roof. Um, Yeah, everything that you can think of. It's uh, virtually besides taking it down to the stud, you know, everything's going to be done. And the main reason that's so cool is because now we're taking a property that was literally a, a POS that no, nobody had any business living in, and we're going to turn it in and revitalize it. And, and, and uh, one, that does help prices increase in the neighborhood, and then it brings a whole new product to the marketplace that buyers truly desire in order for a buyer to make a decision in this marketplace with these higher interest rates, they are looking for a property that they don't have to go in and dump their own money into. And so when we have the opportunity to not only be a part of situations like this, but then revitalize a home and, and bring a beautiful product to the marketplace, um, it's just a win-win for everyone all the way around. So that one was really cool. There was a ton of hurdles that, that we had to overcome during the process, which is why it stuck out in, in my mind. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. One. So the, yeah, this is the, cool. the, ho- the homeowners, the, the previous homeowners, they, they had it as a rental. Yep. The renter moved out. Um, we bought it. We're going to improve it. And then we're going to sell it. And then at the end of the, end of the day, all the upside is going to go to that 
to the the home the previous homeowners the the divorced um, couple, right? Yep, that's what I was just yeah I yeah. was I was about Hopefully to get to on on the situation so, a little bit more so, amicable. So they get to flip their own house. <laughs> yep, that's and not the other aspect it. of it. Exactly. Instead of like selling it to some other flipper that's going to make you know six figure make flip all the cheddar. On it. You see all these 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 uh, shows six figure flip. Mm. Now the the divorcees are going to be able to basically get that get that that profit. No, 100%. So that was the next thing I was going to dive into real quick, the nitty gritty of the deal. So if I were to put a value of a flipper pricing, we'd probably be talking more along the lines of low 200,000s, maybe high, high, you know, between 175 to, to 215, somewhere around that range, depending on, you know, who you attracted. And of course, that's not what it was purchased for. You know, this is one of our cash plus structures, you know, that was, it was purchased in the higher 300s. You know, a portion of that available equity is held back and can be returned to the, to the home, homeowner upon a successful resale. So not only do they have that aspect of chunk of money involved, right, ready to be returned to them, we fully anticipate this property easily being able to sell anywhere between four hundred and fifteen to 445000 So not only will they get that holdback return to them, what Jay was talking about is they're going to get that all those additional proceeds on top of that. So they literally will get another, quote-unquote, probably close to six-figure payout when it's all done and flip their own house, didn't have to deal with any of the process, and it's just, you know, that's that's what's the the beautiful part about that type of offer structure and the opportunity in this marketplace. Yep. Beautiful. Mm, love I love hearing these stories. Ah, it's very yeah, it's cool. Changing lives, really. Uh, for them, it probably is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I mean, yeah. for sure, yeah. yeah. So I guess the moral of the, you know, talking about the deal of the week is, one, sometimes when you hear these stories, it could help resonate. And you might come across somebody in a similar situation and go, hey, I heard that story. I would love to be able to help someone in that circumstance. Well, regardless of the, being in that circumstance or any circumstance, it's an opportunity for them to get them out of their situation, get them to their next venture, and allow you as the real estate professional and the buyer to handle all that rigmarole that no seller wants to deal with yep. and truly be that advisor and help them in a situation and just really streamline that process. And they don't have to have any money out of their pocket to do this. Yep. That's right. Be a difference maker. Mm, I love it. I love it. Good story. Good deal of the week. All right. We'll go, we're going with the market minute here. So existing home sales are coming out on Thursday, and, and they're forecasting 3.89 million homes Dang. being sold this year. That is Three, so th- low. That's, that, that's, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's just to compare, okay, so in 2022, we had 5 million uh, housing sales transacted. And in 2021, we had 6.12 I was going to say, yeah. You're talking about so a 33% hit. I mean, just to give you an idea, Damn. 2008, back when the, the housing meltdown was, um, the housing crash, we had 4.12 million houses. So oh, we're, my so goodness. We're gonna so go, even less so than we're that. We're going to be under that 2008 time frame. Well, that's what they're forecasting. We don't know. It comes out on that's Thursday. That's actually scary. See what I, happens. But um, they're, fo- they're forecasting 3.89 million for the year. So we're not even going to break 4 million, essentially. We're not going to break 4 million. Well, Damn. I mean, that's what they're forecasting. Who, who knows? Maybe there'll be a... A surge in activity. I doubt it. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it could be be less than 3.89 by the time we get to December. Who knows? Mm. We'll see. Mm. 
All right, in viral vibes, I want to talk about short-term rentals because I had posted on my Instagram a, a reel about short-term rentals and it blew up hundreds of thousands of views, uh, thousands and thousands of comments, thousands and thousands of shares. So it struck a nerve. And one of the things that I talked about was how the CEO of Airbnb wants you, your short-term rental owner, to lower your rates to be more competitive with hotels. So we're experiencing an oversupply on sites like Airbnb and VRBO, a little bit lower demand. And so what's happening is margins are being compressed and squeezed. And in order to kind of save the ecosystem, the CEO of Airbnb says, lower your rates so that people will choose you over a hotel. Uh, and he is enacting a pricing tool that's going to give you more data on what hotels are charging in the area. Some of the common complaints that I see on these comments is people do not like the cleaning fees. They hate mm. the cleaning fees. They think they're a ripoff. Get bloated. They also don't like the chores that these hosts require you to do, like mm. taking out your trash, stripping your linens, doing your dishes, uh, things of that nature. I also want to talk a little bit about the New York City short-term rental ban. That legislation passed in January. It went into effect on September 5th. And the thing is, the, the takeaway here is for rentals less than 30 days, you can only have two people that are staying in the home and they have to have full use to all of the property. Mm. Uh, Another key component of that is hosts must register their home with um, the local municipalities. And what essentially is causing is a massive decrease in the amount of short-term rentals in New York City. So that's been a lot of buzz. That is the viral vibes for this week. Lower your rates, said the billionaire. And yeah. sounds like it's a good time to take a vacation. <laughs> All right. So in advice, what I'm going to hit you with this week, particular week is actually something that's going to be the best bang for your buck. One of the bringing back email marketing. One of the biggest components on this and why this is so impactful is actually taking the time to get your list where they need to be because when you do that and you can end up in the inbox, gold is struck after that. So one of the beautiful things about this is, is again, if you take the time to ensure that you're going to, that it's a valid email address and that your content and your headlines are where they need to be, you're going to start seeing open rates north of 20%. And when you can start doing that, the depending on the list size that you have, you're going to be able to really start nurturing and pulling through the value proposition. So one of the things that why I like this is because, again, you have the ability to generate data and then be able to... Uh, again, pull in transactions and get these homeowners to raise their hand, get home buyers to raise their hand from a compelling value proposition that you have. Now on this, if this is something that interests you, but you're not exactly sure where to start, well, you might want to check out Zudilio on this. We have recently released a product called Blast where it's going to automate and bring out the content and do everything for you. So it's very simple. You upload your list, we take care of the rest. So check it out. Yeah, and a pro tip, if you don't have good email addresses, use Facebook. Shocking. Private message people. What's your new What's your new email address? Well, and when you plug in, address? we'll teach you strategies right. like Facebook and other ways that you can really <clears throat> cultivate and pull in good email addresses to communicate your value prop. All right, we're going to give a comment reaction to BushyTop08. Thanks for leaving this comment on our last video. Bushy said, I think some of the commentary from the podcast overestimates the value of buyer agents. Requiring buyers to pay for their own buyer agent will eventually lead to real competition and help drive prices down. Let the free market determine their value. Is there more work involved for a buyer's agent based on the price and level of the home? Is a $500,000 house mean that there's more work than a $300,000 house? 
It's the same process, same amount of work. Sorry, but buyers agents don't bring the same level of value to buyers, especially given the age of internet and technology. Buyers are finding their own homes online and bringing buyer agents solely because they don't actually understand or know how that agent gets paid and how the process works. Hmm, All right, Bushy, that is some meaty commentary. Thoughts? Some bushy commentary. Thoughts, yeah, Keith? I, <laughs> go ahead, Keith. Kick it. I think he's right. I think they're the the, the uh, buyers. I'm sorry. Did I, no. I, I cut him out. No. <laughs> Jay would wrap I, I, the I, I, I got this. I, I got go, this. Go, Jay. I didn't. I, I don't know why you guys shunned at me for I don't have anything to say. How about that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it looked like you did. <clears throat> no, I think the, the buyers, uh, you know, it. I mean, some sometimes it's a little bit more work on some some deals, right? Absolutely. If it's but more expensive. It on the deal. But really, I mean, no, not not necessarily. Sometimes the more expensive ones are the easiest. Yes, ones. that's right. Um, but sometimes the more expensive ones are the more the the harder ones. But um, and then sometimes the the lower lower expensive ones are are the, are the hardest ones. So I think it all kind of evens out, you know. It but, does. But um, you know, do you, do you want a brand new agent negotiating your three million dollar? transaction or do you want someone absolutely really good at it so i don't mm. know we'll see I, I think bushy makes a lot of uh intelligent statements and they've clearly been through a transaction or two but what i'm going to challenge is they probably haven't been through a waffly transaction right when you have something where there's a massive issue that comes back during inspection there's a massive issue that's going on with title there's a ma there's there's a, a lien against the property that's throwing the transaction out of whack and you have no clue on how to solve it this is where the expertise of a, a, of a tried, tested, and true real estate agent can really kind of come through and really make the transaction occur more times than not. So those are things that, that I would challenge, you know, Bushy, for you to, to look at. You're, you're absolutely right. When the transaction is smooth and easy, it's smooth and easy. But the problem is until it's not. And you never know what that transaction that's going to be waffly hits until it hits. If yeah. you're, but if you're a really good buyer's agent like I am, uh, you won't know if it gets waffly because Valid I will point. filter all of that BS from you and make the experience amazing. Uh, and so that's the other thing too, is you may not have the full perspective of what went on. So totally such right. a good point. Yep. yep. That's always the approach that I took. I, if there was drama only brought it up, if it was a hundred percent necessary, I was like, Nope, it's all good. Everything's moving forward. You know, wanted them to have the experience of that. Hmm. Like, you know, bringing up every little hurdle that is irrelevant to them or maybe they wouldn't even care about. And so. I think I would say that the, the inexperienced agent would not do that. They would they would want to share all this, uh, all yeah. the BS, because that, yep. that kind of exactly. justifies their worth, right? So like, mm -hmm. oh, we got a problem here. Oh, oh yep. this guy, you know, this, this Everything's this blown out of proportion. You know, oh, we don't totally. know. The lender is saying mm -hmm. this, and we don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm working on it, you know? And that creates so, buyer uncertainty. Yep, and then they, mm -hmm. get, they get weirded out, and they're like, oh, my gosh, and they get stressed out and... Um, so yeah, so I think a, an agent that ha doesn't have too much experience is is actually sharing all the all the crap with the with the consumer. And we don't we don't need that happening. The Wall Street Journal came out with an article yesterday about the commission lawsuit and how it could upend the way buyers agents are paid. And there were thousands of comments on it. And mm -hmm. what I enjoyed most was that most of the comments were things like buyers agents are worth their weight in gold, or a good buyers agent is Absolutely. worth their weight in gold. And so I know that the mass public generally feels that good real estate agents are worth it, or realtors, I should say, are worth it. Uh, so bushy, 
Next time you transact real estate, hit us up. We'll give you a referral of a wonderful, phenomenal agent in your market. And I guarantee you, you will walk away from that transaction thinking they are so worth it. Yeah, the value that they bring is exponential. Thanks for your comment, Bushy. Hey, if you would like to be featured in one of our upcoming podcasts, be sure to comment below and you might might get a reaction. Thanks again for watching. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you.